welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. Thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? I'll tell you what, for one thing, <laughs> I am feeling uh, even more so than usual lucky to be a Los Angeles, uh, an Angelino. Okay. Because uh, I don't know if you know what's been going on with the heat in the rest of the country. Uh, I, I've been hearing about it, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as uh, uh, from a place of humility, like understanding that I'm lucky to live where I live, not a place of bragging. Because yeah. it's been beautiful here. Uh, and it's been so hot everywhere else. People mm-hmm. have been losing power. Uh, people have been dying, you know, on the yeah. East Coast. It's been really horrible. Uh, so I, that's how I'm feeling right now is thankful that I live here like in my um family in missouri didn't get to see any fireworks last night because fireworks were canceled everywhere because it's been too fucking hot and hasn't rained for so long that they'd be starting fires all over the place well here okay that's all well and good and that's unfortunate that they weren't able to see the fireworks at the same time like it's still missouri it's still like humid as hell you know, but, like, well, I think I mean they know how dry the grass is. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I I think they should have called me first. All right, well, um, but no, I, I had that you, same you, thought. You like, hop on a plane with your meteorology degree <laughs> and get, get, get yourself to St. Louis. Uh, Jen's family lives in uh, Minnesota, and it's been you know terrible there. And uh, meanwhile, I stepped outside briefly to get the mail today, and I was like, oh. Oh, it is nice today, and then, and then I came See, now back it sounds inside. like bragging. <laughs> no, no, it's, do, it's yeah. not that. It's just that I feel like um, you know you can't live in California and talk about the weather without uh, eventually um, you know saying something like, "Oh, we're spoiled that way. Everybody feels better about themselves." But uh, you know, move away from there uh-huh. if you can. Yeah, you know. All right, um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, what I wanted to talk about, I've been, I've been embracing the beautiful uh warm summer weather by trying to stay in more (laughs) there's something i want to talk about before we get to the topic um and and i know now a lot of our audience is i always assume this has come up off mic between us i always assume our audience is more like tech sophisticated than I am. I'd say so. More yeah. savvy. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be, you know, probably old hat to them, but I have more and more often been choosing to watch movies, to stream movies instead of going to the theater. I know because mm-hmm. more and more stuff is available through video on demand. Uh, and I'm really enjoying <laughs> watching stuff that way. I watched, uh, Nacho Vigalanda's um, Extraterrestrial on mm-hmm. on Amazon on my TV. It was I, I loved it. It was playing in the theater, but I stayed home, yeah. watched it on my time, <laughs> which meant like you know twelve thirty to two a.m. Right, um, and uh, I I find myself wanting to do that more. You know, I will probably see. I think I'm going to end up seeing more movies because of this sort of decision. I will probably see the Duplass Brothers, the Dodeca, Dodeca Pentathlon, which is not a movie I necessarily would have headed out to the theater to see. If for I, no other reason than because then you don't have to say that wanna, title to the ticket taker. Ask for a ticket. Um, uh, I'll probably watch it now because I've decided that... I, I, I know that this is a thing. I mean, I've always used Netflix to watch older movies and stuff, right. but with, with first-run stuff, I've been a little reticent to embrace that um i mean i, I watched uh, there's other stuff that i've that i've watched first run um 
I, I don't want to get into it, but um, I, I'm embracing it more as a seeing it more as an option. You know, it, I think in the past it was like like when I watched Gareth Edwards' Monsters, I was like homesick, right, right? You know, and I was so I was seeing it as that sort of thing. But in the past, if a movie was out that I wanted to see, I would try and find time to see it in the theater. Which is more difficult to do because I'm a busy person, right? And also, going to the theater is a nerve-wracking experience for in a, in a lot of ways. So anyway, I, f- I f- yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way, except I I don't really have the time to watch anything, unfortunately. So I don't even really have the time to stream something on my television. But um, no, I do I do have that thought where if I'm okay now, I apologize. This is going to sound like we're bragging. If I am not going to a critic screening. Uh-huh. I really, more so than I ever have in my life, I really think, like, is this something I need to see in the theater? By which I mean, is it something that, A, should be seen in the theater, or, B, am I so eager to see it right. that I need to see it now? Right. Uh, because, you know, stuff like The Amazing Spider-Man, for example, is not streaming. Right. Uh, you know, so if I'm going to see it, I have to see it out there with people. Yeah. Because I was not able to go to a critic screening of it, and that is unfortunate. And and the critic screenings have kind of you know maybe spoiled me a little bit. But at the same time, uh, going to movies in general, and we've had a whole episode about why going to the movies sucks these days. Not movies, going to the movies. Yeah. Uh, I just I, I can't. It it stresses me out just to think about it. For example, this weekend I find myself with a little bit of time. Just not much, but a little bit of extra time. It's like, you know, I kind of want to, I, I finally want to get around to seeing Snow White and the Huntsman, hmm. you know, and I'll hold off and I'll see Spider-Man, uh, uh, you know, another time. I do want to see that as well. And there's a, there's I'm a interested handful in of it too. I know uh, the yeah. reviews haven't been good, but I'm interested in seeing it. There, there have been some okay reviews as well. I hate to say it, but Ebert doesn't mean much to me anymore. Um, yeah. I enjoy the way he writes. I mean, but I, his current reviews don't mean much to you. Right. Yeah. Roger yeah. Ebert as a, as a person and as with his career, yeah. I think means a lot to both of us yeah if if he reviewed a movie well that i was on the fence about i would say oh i guess i better go see it or if he reviewed a movie poorly i would not see it now i will remain on the fence uh i I will i'll read his review and if he says a certain you know certain things that kind of resonate with me a little bit then i will uh, it'll probably have an impact but for the most part no anyway uh but there have been a handful of of positive reviews and that's uh I don't know. It's I want to see these movies, but I also know that like there is no theater. Okay, I recognize I'm talking like a horror movie now. There's no theater that's safe. <laughs> okay, I've gotten people talking in the ArcLight. I've gotten people talking at a Lemley. I've gotten people talking in my crappy little uh, Century Eight here yeah. at uh, AMC at the AMC theaters in Burbank. There has not been a single theater that I've gone to. And as much as uh, the ArcLight really puts itself out there as this uh, superior experience, it's not. Because here's why. It's just more expensive. But but here's the thing. Los Angeles is a place where a lot of dipshits have a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. So uh, the fact that it's $17 for a ticket, whatever it is now, uh, I think it probably is on a Friday night. About that, yeah. close to $17 a ticket. All they they guarantee now is that you can't move to another seat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But um, that's nothing to these people, $17 for a ticket. So it doesn't – yeah, it's it's a failed experiment in in many ways. The Arclight – original Arclight is still – a great presentation. Those Absolutely. those theaters are built 
very well to where there's not a bad seat in the house. Right. Um, there's not uh, really any distractions from the light. That you know the way that the thing you don't hear like vibrations from other theaters. You yeah. happen to be if, if uh, an yeah. action movie happens to be next to you. Yeah, it is. There's still a lot of things that are good about the arc light, but it doesn't yeah. keep out the riffraff like it. I've had luck at the new art. Um, okay, maybe like the the royal, uh, like these smaller, um, yeah, uh, art house type theaters, the the music hall three, those kind of places. And I haven't been to the new art or the silent movie theater enough to say. Oh, the silent movie those theater are, is not safe either. Is it really not? I've I think I've only seen two things because there. I don't want to talk. It's not like I'm talking crap about the silent movie theater because it's a an, an amazing thing, and yeah. this is getting a little inside baseball for Angelinos here. Um, um, oh, there are some adorable cats out on your patio. Anyway. Um, oh, I can shut that if you want. Oh, please don't. Um, <laughs> the silent movie theater uh, is a really great thing. And, uh, you know, uh, of of this sort of, uh, you know, continually running revival houses, um, it's one of the ones I go to the most often along, along with the Egyptian, the arrow. So I don't want to sound like I'm... Uh, uh, talking crap, but it's sort of like you and I used to go see a lot of comedy at the UCB theater. Yeah. And there's still a lot of great comedy at the UCB theater, Mm -hmm. but at a certain point when it became known as a thing, a certain type of crowd, scenesters, uh, scenesters, yeah, started showing up. And I think depending on the movie, you get, uh, you get a lot of that at the sound movie theater sometimes. I mean, if they're showing, like I saw, uh, when a woman ascends the stairs there, which is a Japanese film Mm -hmm. from the early sixties, I think late sixties. I'm not sure. Um, didn't have any problems there. Like it was a Tuesday night at 8 PM, you know, uh, but then even like going there to see a program of like experimental shorts uh from UCLA's program um in the 60s you know and that was like a Wednesday night and you got a lot of people just making the scene it felt like yeah. anyway we're getting off we're getting off that's, topic yeah. but 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 that's the thing is like this is what I, that goes to what i'm saying if the silent movie theater is safe and by the way why is that why is that very name not scaring people away right and that's the thing is that also seemingly would attract people who respect movies and i'm sure anybody there would say that they do but that doesn't stop them from from talking and so literally no theater is safe the only the only place that is safe is our home and more and more i just like i don't want to leave and i'm and that sounds that may sound a little judgmental of everybody that isn't me or my wife but it's just it's the one environment i can control and even that's a little iffy because i have upstairs neighbors but like there's only so much i can do there right and it's just so, and that, and I, I, uh, on more than one lesson, I did a little, uh, little mini sode in which I talked about people talking in movies because it bothers me so much because as we've said before, this is my favorite thing. Yeah. And people have taken it away from me now. But do you know, uh, I wish, you know, I, if I'd known earlier today we were going to be talking about this, I would have found who did this poll, but like... A majority of American high schoolers think that you should be allowed to text in a movie theater. So that that's where it's going. So at this yeah. point, I kind of need to just do like the black, like the croupier, like, you know, yeah, uh, wipe my hands clean, back away and say, all right, kids, you have the fucking theaters then. And you know what? I'm glad you brought up that, that image uh-huh. because the question becomes for somebody like, for people like us, as we... As we, uh, you know, wipe off our hands or whatever, yeah. are we in fact washing our hands of it like Pontius Pilate, somebody who notoriously removes himself from a situation that he should have been more involved in and is thus viewed negatively? Because that's the thing is the thing that we 
ostensibly should be fighting for is be quiet in the movie this is how movies are meant to be seen on the big screen and by insisting that you should be able to text and talk and all this other stuff you are driving us away from this and this is no longer the experience that it was that it was ever meant to be and it's like but i don't know how we fight for that except i guess you know it's not talk even to about theater movies, management. though it's it's a i mean i don't want to get on my high horse and start talk, sounding like the uh, lead character in god bless america but or the newsroom uh which i haven't watched um uh, but the public space public spaces in general aren't what they used to be because people increasingly because of the uh, ability to travel around around in you know self-contained bubbles which yeah. i uh, totally do absolutely um but because of that ability they uh, increasingly people uh treat public spaces as though they are private spaces and i yeah. think part of the idea of a social contract is part of the reason you know i make jokes about like not wearing sweatpants or sandals in in public and stuff yeah. and i'm i'm exaggerating for effect there but it does get to maybe some of my core philosophy of life which is and maybe it's a it's a maybe it is a liberal thing but uh, i just think that we are we need to when we're outside of our private spaces recognize that we're all in this together and we're all mm-hmm. sharing this space and it's communal and we should try try not at least try not to make the public space unpleasant for other people well i i don't think that uh this is a specifically liberal thing because it does involve complaining about younger generations and that's something <laughs> that that we conservatives can get on board with um yeah it's and I'm I'm on board with that to a slightly lesser a slightly lesser extent. Like as much as you know, as as much as it uh, as much as we could build a one man show around uh, the idea. It's like, hey man, we're all just walking around looking down. We got to look <laughs> up and see each other. As much as we could do that. Now, see, I don't want that that hippy touchy feely shit either. I don't want people like. Right. I don't want to actually have to interact with people in the public <laughs> space. I just want to not be annoyed by them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is like to me. I mean, don't re- talk to me. We'll get along just fine. That's re- fine. That's how I go. Re- <laughs> that's strangely socialist and isolationist. I guess I just I know it as a lyric from a No Effects song. Fair enough. Um, but uh, socialist in the sense that we're like all part of one community. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the word gets thrown around a lot, and I wanted to specify how I was using it. Uh, but yeah, but something like I'd say restaurants, but then especially, especially uh, movie theaters. Um, or anything or where, other performance spaces. You, perform- you had a problem at uh, Cirque du Soleil recently. I sure did. And part of me, it, that's the other thing. This is where I start. I, I realize I'm only 30, but I'm old enough. Old <laughs> enough. Okay. You've always been an old soul. <laughs> well, that's true. But like Cirque du Soleil is pretty amazing. Like what these people are able to do is quite astonishing. Now, here's the thing. If you want to text during the moments of kind of half-assed uh, broad comedy, I don't – here's the thing. I don't condone it, but I understand it. I understand like, okay, they're clearly taking a break, so I will as well. <laughs> I'm certainly not laughing. Uh, so I don't like it, but I understand. But th- this uh, girl sitting next to me was uh, you know, checking Facebook. That's the thing. She was just – she didn't get a text and wanted to see it. She was just checking Facebook in the midst of like the finale – and I was just like, I was like, are you, I don't get how, how is this not exciting to you? Like I'm, I can be fairly jaded at times about this sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I, again, I'm going to start sounding like a, an old man too, but I think to a younger generation, the living of life and the documenting of it are inextricable. 
I guess to to a younger generation of a certain age, perhaps, because during a certain section of the Cirque du Soleil uh, show that I saw, these uh, three kids behind me were talking. And at first it bothered me, but then I realized they were all very young and they were talking and marveling at what was happening in front of them. And part of me is like, you know what? Fine. I'm actually fine with that. Uh, They're not like kicking the seats and they're not they're not shouting or anything like that. They're talking to each other about how amazing this is. I was like, well, if this were an actual circus, people would probably be talking. So I'm kind of okay with this. And at least they're paying attention, not like this girl next to me. (laughs) And it just it it just bothers me so much. And so this all goes to this all. It's almost like the world is driving us back into our homes. And so it's a good thing that, uh, you know, TVs are better than ever. Yeah, and that sort of thing. But it, it right. is unfortunate. And there's it's, more uh, stuff available. Yeah, uh, to to stream. That was that was the whole uh, impetus of this for me. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, no, I think yeah, that was a good conversation. But we can't. Uh, we we got to get back to the topic. But first, we have to talk to you about. Um, we we have to talk to you about your earbuds. We've been yeah. meaning to talk to you for a while. Look, if you're gonna go out into the world, <laughs> but you don't want to interact with anybody, it's not gonna work with those earbuds you got right yeah. now. The, People can tell. <laughs> They're like. What the hell are those that he's got in his ears? I yeah. better ask. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's how people they're, are. They're, they're crummy. Um, uh, <laughs> from top to bottom. They're crummy. Um, <laughs> what you want to do, uh, so you stop embarrassing yourself in public with these earbuds, is you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. And there you get to choose from a variety of styles and, and colors. Uh, but um, what is constant throughout that variety is professional quality earbuds mm-hmm. at an affordable price. It's yeah. affordable to begin with. You use, the, you, you use our uh, – you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. Right. Specifically, you get a third off yeah. and free shipping. That's the thing is there's a lot of – there's a variety of colors and you can choose from them. But the one choice you can't make is like, do I want the good ones or bad ones? Sorry, yeah, that choice has been made for you. Yeah. You get the good ones. So yep. – and, uh, and uh, uh, proceeds go to uh, help the show and, uh, and thanks – yeah. Some of them, yes. Not all of them. Uh, and so thanks to everybody that uh, has purchased themselves uh, some earbuds. And uh, thanks to everybody who's planning on it after hearing this. Yeah. Uh, and if you Pre-emptive already thanks. if you already have some uh, some tweakedaudio.com slash pretension earbuds and you still want to throw us some money, there's always a donate uh, oh, destination on our website. Yeah, that that would help us. It sure would. Um, you might notice that uh, we're not. <laughs> this is our only advertisement this week. Yeah. Um, but uh, another. This is an advertisement as much as it, as it is a plug. If you're going to be at San Diego Comic Con International, or in the San um, Diego area, or in the San Diego area, so are we. Uh, we'll be down there. And one thing we're going to do while we're down there is Thursday night, from eight to ten p.m., we're going to be at a bar called Dublin Square on Fourth. Uh, and uh, you come. It's going to be us. It's going to be uh, the Criterion cast, and it's going to be the Warner Archive collection. And you come in, you hang out with us, you get to meet some, uh, you know, awesome podcasters and uh, Warner Archive collectioneers, and uh, drinks are on us. Yeah, and hey, I'm sh- trying to think how I should phrase this. Okay, the first 50 people to ask, okay, I know I know full well that there's not going to be 50 people, but the first people, <laughs> the first 50 people to ask get a free Battleship Pretension button that yeah. you can wear on your jacket or uh, on your uh, you know messenger, messenger bag, bag or something yeah, like that. That's where I keep you know, my let buttons. people know uh, what's going on. So the first fifty to ask get you get yourself a free button. 
all right so yeah please uh come meet us there if you're going to be around uh it's going to be a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to it and ho- i hope to make dial m for meetup a yearly occasion i always enjoy talking to listeners um yeah me too um those are fireworks in your neighborhood i'm hoping uh i assume so uh i recorded a recent episode of more than one lesson uh in which we talked about no country for old men and it was right before it was an hour before the fourth of july and people in my area boy oh boy do they enjoy fireworks they're paid i assume they're patriots yeah so the two were inextricable yeah second time we've used that word but um, i will i'm i will probably have to shut that door now because it's starting to bother me well now it's gone it's gone oh and it's gonna it's gonna come back all right all right all right well um speaking of san diego comic-con international what we're gonna do here if you hadn't looked at the title of the episode uh is a little bit of a comic-con preview now um this is a preview of movie stuff that's going to be at comic-con uh, we can't promise that we're going to be covering all of this. We're probably going to be covering very little of it right. because Tyler's not going to the convention itself, and I will get into what I can get into, and I'm not making any damn promises because I'm not going to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go stand in line. <laughs> Lost isn't there anymore. That's the only thing I did that for. <laughs> Even then, I got up at 7. Yeah, uh, I will uh, explain a little bit. Uh, I had hoped to uh, get access to the uh, convention through um, uh, my possible press credentials which i absolutely qualify for but apparently they're over capacity and Clearly so you qualify because i qualify right <laughs> and i'm kind of more than you um <laughs> i but, came up with uh, the name of the show you sure did yeah. and you know what you write way more than i do maybe that's that's neither here nor there uh but you keep the website um looking nice running yeah, yeah. so um you know david there's a partnership uh, this it really works is. great so um so yeah, I wasn't able to do that, and then by the time I found out about that, I really I should have just you know purchased a badge when I had the chance, and then sold it back if I got my press credentials. That's Is what that what you'll done. do for oh twenty thirteen? Absolutely. And so, um, good luck so, with that. I've heard that purchasing badges is not yeah, like uh, it's fun either. It's like nothing. None of it is good. Like everything no. about it is quite terrible. It's just like I don't know. It it sounds it sounds awful. So I apologize, everybody, that I'm bashing Comic Con, but from from that standpoint, it's just there's so much demand. I feel like there's got to be a better way to I mean, to organize stuff. I mean. Uh, but as, it, as it's, it's, it, there's so much demand because it's a great thing, and apart from this, like pre-setup thing, the uh, the amount of work that goes into Comic Con itself running smoothly is mm-hmm. pretty astounding. Oh, and I'm it sure. does run smoothly every year, and it's a great thing. You know, people there's demand because people want to go because it's awesome, and they're essentially, I mean, they're like a nonprofit. It's not like yeah. And I will say that like one uh, two years ago when I went, uh, as much as the hassle was leading up to it. By the time I got there, it's almost like all the hassle has to happen beforehand so that once you arrive, like I got my badge, no problem. Stood in line. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a super long line. Like they had everything on file and it worked very well. So I can't complain about that. But, uh, you know, it's easy for me to complain now because I'm not going uh, or at least I'm not getting into the uh, convention center. But I will be uh, hanging around. And there's so much to do around the convention center. And it is. I enjoyed some of the panels that I went to, but by and large, Comic-Con was a social event for me, and I liked it from that standpoint. I will regret not being able to go on to uh, what is called the floor, because there are some new Riddlers out there. I'll keep uh, an eye out. I appreciate that. Uh, Although I I don't spend a lot of time on the floor either. Um, 
so let's uh, let's get started with some of the stuff that's going to be there. Um, have, now, have you even looked at the at the schedule? No, I didn't okay. want to. Uh, dis- you know, yeah. it's, <laughs> right. it's like shopping for uh, you know like a Bentley when you only have a thousand dollars in your savings account. Um, there's there's one I want to. I'll start chronologically and I'll I'll stick to movie stuff. Uh, there's one that interests me because it's not like a big. It, it's in one of the bigger rooms, uh, the Indigo Ballroom, um, but it's not like a big like thing about a certain movie that's coming up it's just the dreamworks animation panel it's just oh, that sounds the nice. the chief creative officer uh bill Demashki of dreamworks animation um and a moderator from entertainment weekly and it's i don't know if it's going to be about upcoming projects It'll, but there, it probably will be but there will also because, be a q a which uh, yeah. i think will that you know those could be a little iffy but um it, it could be a fun panel it's my thursday morning so far i'm not locked down on what i'm going to go to so no. that's uh that's a possibility and I do recognize, like you, like you, very much are into the philosophy of Comic Con and it being for the fans. Uh, I hate all Q and A. Like I really do. Uh, you know, I hate almost all audience interaction. Like when David Letterman goes into the audience, like uh, don't do that. Like they're not professionals. Like I recognize that you'll say something funny about what they just said, but just save yourself, the, save me the embarrassment. Yeah. for them. And, uh, like, didn't you have a, didn't you go to a, a lost panel or something like that? Or, and somebody ta- somebody came up and just said bad robot and that's it. And he laughed. He thought he'd made a joke yeah. or something. It's like, that's not a joke. I know this is your big moment, but um, like. Also someone like at the season five panel said, is it true that season six is going to be the last season of lost which is something that it was like decided and announced midway through season three like yeah. if you're a big enough fan to make it into the panel don't you know that well and also perhaps if he literally maybe he had heard that but he thought you know what they're going to put one over on us and he thought that his question which is really just the equivalent of saying really <laughs> would really would would throw them and they'd be like all right you got us we're gonna do three more seasons but uh <laughs> sorry i'm not I, i'm not going to uh comment anymore because no, i don't, don't do. want to slow this down no it's fun um so. but also on thursday in in hall h um uh walt disney studios uh and this is often the, the case of the bigger studios it seems um there's just one panel for the studio and they'll present a number of different yeah. titles there. So Walt Disney is is uh, coming with uh, Frank and Weenie, Oz the Great and Powerful, which I am excited about. I kind of am too. And, and Re- Wreck It Ralph, and I've heard great things about that as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. I didn't really know much about it, and then you know uh, that poster was released, and I don't usually seek that kind of thing out. It looks yeah, kind of neat. It does, though. it does look cool. Um, Although it, then it says you know from the producers of Alice in Wonderland, I'm like oh. I know you think you've got me based on that, but you're actually losing me a little bit. <laughs> right. But, uh, but it's Sam Raimi. Yeah. And he'll, and he'll, he'll, it sounds like he'll be there. Um, sometimes I'm not exactly clear how to read these things as to whether, cause they, they bold the name in the thing. That's the big name, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that the person will be there. But I think Sam Raimi. When it's be someone there. as big as Sam Raimi, I feel like that's that's a dependable thing. I think they know people will be very disappointed if he doesn't right. show up. Um, and you know, last year I went to the Tintin panel not because I was specifically interested in Tintin, but just because Steven Spielberg was Being there. In the same room as Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, and and he, you know, that was a good Q and A. I have to I have to admit, and you know, um, audience Q and A, or yeah. was there? Huh? Yeah, I mean, he. I don't like it. Um, and so I, I, I like, 
I like going to the, see filmmakers I haven't seen at Comic Con's past. I mean, last year was a huge one because it was both Spielberg and Coppola. Yeah, uh, and that was really cool uh, to see. Um, all right, yeah, we, we don't want to keep this uh, episode going too long. Um, I'll throw in a couple of things that I'm going to be doing. Okay, if you like, sure. So uh, Warner Brothers uh, has. So I'm going to a few things that are happening uh, off-site and that you do not need a, a badge or tickets for. Uh, you. Some of them do, you know, cost money to take part right. in, but you don't actually need to have the badge. Uh, there is this one free thing. Uh, I don't, to- I can't picture it in my mind, and that's a, that's a problem for me. But that's all right. Uh, Warner Brothers is having this big thing in the park, and uh, they have uh, something called the Bat Cave. I don't know if it's like a big fake cave, but you go. You go to the Bat Cave, and you are able to see. And David, this excites me. More so than I even I expected when I read it. You can see all six Batmobiles yeah. uh, from you know from the Tumblr uh, in the Christopher Nolan series to the old uh, you know Adam West, um, and then for me the most exciting one will be the uh, the Tim Burton Batmobile, which to me is just the most awesome thing ever. It looks vaguely. H.R. Giger-esque, mm-hmm. but, uh, and it's all sleek and sexy. So, like, I'm super excited to, to see that. And that is actually, though I don't get to go inside, uh, you know, the convention center, uh, getting, to, getting to actually see them in, like, you know, life size and all that, uh, that's a pretty good consolation prize. So that's one thing that, uh, that I'm planning on doing. There's, there's other things We'll that, come back. Yeah, yeah. We'll pepper them throughout the thing. Absolutely. Um, there's really only there's oh, several I'm going to try to go to, but there's only two I'm super excited about, and that's one of them. That's one of them. Um, also in Hall H is a thing called CZ12. I think is how it's it's a new film starring and directed by Jackie Chan, hmm. with a special appearance by Oliver Platt. <laughs> so I am interested in that. A special appearance in the movie or on the panel? It sounds like or in both. the movie. Man, if Oliver, I, I, oh, I would love if he showed up at the. You know, Oliver Platt is not the type of actor that if he showed up at Comic Con, people are like, "Oh shit, Oliver <laughs> Platt!" But man, I would. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what like properties he was have been a part of that are the Three Musketeers movie in the early 90s. Maybe, yeah. Um, there's another cool thing it seems like they're doing this year. There's a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily about specific like uh, you know a couple years ago i saw danny elfman uh Mm -hmm. do a panel just about him but it seems like there's things that are more generally about like uh a method of production or or uh you know there's like one for music and there's one for costume and like and so there's one here that i'm looking at about character design uh which is about like special effects like visual effects character design with a guy from who worked on avatar star trek tron super Mm -hmm. 8 and prometheus that kind of thing is always interesting uh a couple years ago i went to a character design panel uh that was focused primarily around the movie tangled and it Mm -hmm. was just interesting to see and of course, that's that's not exactly like uh, Prometheus or Avatar, which are working. With, you know, that's working with people, uh, but this is purely uh, animation and a person's imagination. But nonetheless, it was just really interesting to see the process, and you got to see like early drafts of the characters, and you see them evolve into the characters that everybody finally says this is what we like, and it's interesting because sometimes you're like, oh, I like number two actually more than 
number five, which is the one you went with. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, oh, you went with very much the right one because this thing is absolutely <laughs> – like if you – one of my favorite things, if you look at uh, designs of Beast uh, from Beauty and the Beast, not X-Men Beast, um, okay. it is – fascinating some of the things they threw out there and and i'm not criticizing but like there are some that have him look like a warthog uh-huh. and she's like man how much worse slash better would that movie have been <laughs> if beast was just this horrifically unappealing warthog that'd be pretty great they look like bebop from teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> but uh but something like that is a very interesting that kind of thing interests me because while I'm sure they will be plugging something, you know, and, and promoting something, it still shows the process. And it's still, I tend to like the panels that, uh, focus on like the art behind something. Right. Uh, well, how about the art of, uh, uh, writing about movies on the internet? Cause there's the masters of the web panel I'll be going to. Um, and people on the panel, such as Jenny Amato, Eric Davis, Gray Drake, uh, a bunch of people, people from, coming soon.net and screencrave.com all this all this be sure stuff. to bring your business cards there buddy i'm not, <laughs> not gonna do that i don't have that that i i feel like if i tried to do that it would definitely turn off more people than it would uh i, I think i am better at getting people <laughs> to like me by being unobtrusive oh man where i, I uh first off I uh, reject the premise of your comment because I'm not being obtrusive. I am coming up to them like as so many others. And, right. uh, and also I can be remarkably charming. I can turn on my actorly stuff and uh, be all theatrical and stuff. And people seem to enjoy it. And I can usually tell when people are horribly uncomfortable around me because uh-huh. uh, I usually assume they are. Uh, <laughs> so if they're not, it's a breath of fresh air. And they often tend not to be. That's how we got Say, a lot. Of I don't ge- have that businessy thing. I think I I would turn people off. We got a lot of guests. Also, on, we got a lot of guests on this show because yeah. of my uh, boldness in this area. Also, these people on this panel, I'm not hopping, I'm not giving them business cards because we're just as good as they are. Oh, is that? Is, is, <laughs> All right. Is that the official Battleship uh, Retention line? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Blu-ray producers panel, which um, our friend Ryan Gallagher from Criterion Cast, I guess, is a, a, a yearly thing, um, and he. Uh, spoke highly of it last year, so hmm. I might I might try and make that, but that I think that cool. will actually conflict with the Masters of the Web. So probably not. Uh, also, Rift Tracks Live. That sounds great. Is that night? Oh, and what is this? <laughs> Why don't you talk about another thing that you're going to do? Okay. Even though you, we're still on Thursday, you look really uh, like you're caught by surprise by something here. Yeah, I wrote something down, and I don't know <laughs> what it is. Uh, so I now I have to go and is look. Is it like a personal thing? Um, no, it's... Um, okay, never mind. Well, we can wait till my thing uh, until Friday, because that's when I'll be doing it. Yeah, okay, well, then let's move on to Friday. Okay. Yeah, never mind. David, what do you got for Friday? Let me okay. ask you that. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I'm going to uh, probably waste my morning trying and failing to get into the... Um, uh, Firefly 10 year anniversary. Oh, that is going to be pretty rough. I can see you needing to like line up at like 6 a.m. or 7. <laughs> yeah, or I'm not, like not, not going to do that. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's at 1230, and the things before it are Community and Legend of Korra. So I think some of those things having their own fan bases, I'm hoping might empty out a little. 
I think there's a lot of uh, overlap between those uh, those definitely yeah that fan base. Yeah, like right. you got to get into that Legend of Korra one or community and then stay. I think because I think most of those people will be staying. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try. I'm I'm gonna try. Um, so that's, that's how, a big deal for you. I feel like you should really make the effort. If there's nothing. You know, if there's nothing uh, like Lost this year for you, I'd say well, that is fringe. the closest. I on, guess there's on fringe. Sunday. Yeah, I'm not talking about TV here. We're talking about movies. Okay. Um, the other thing that's going on that I, I will probably skip in order to be in line is uh, Paranorman. Oh yeah. What do you think about that? What I've seen of it, and I haven't seen that much because, uh, for the most part, I've been trying to avoid uh, promotional uh, materials, including trailers. Um, it sounds good, and but at the same time, it could just be like a, you know, like Despicable Me, which sounded a lot like a lot of fun too, and it wound up being perfectly serviceable and uh, fun at times, but largely forgettable. And I could see Paranorman being that, but that's uh, remind me who that is. is. That Henry Selleck? You know, as I, I was looking at it, doesn't say on on my list here. I might be thinking of something else, but I, I think it might be him. Listeners, I apologize. Uh, I don't have the information in front of me. But um, if that's what I'm thinking of, then that's that's exciting to me. But at the same time, is it? This is a slight side note. Like more and more, I don't get I don't get excited. Like I curse myself for getting excited about things. I was excited for Prometheus. Yeah, I was excited for Brave. Now, here's what I did about Prometheus. This will tie into Comic-Con, because Comic-Con last year, they showed some footage, or right. just like a sort of a sizzle reel, and I was, I might have talked about this when Will Anderson was on, which, by the way, how great was Will Anderson? He was pretty have great. we said thanks to Will Anderson? Uh, like, well, I emailed like, him, but we didn't But I mean, have we said it on the air? No. But we, special we thanks to him. I, I yeah. enjoyed that episode. That was I was listening, but I don't listen to our episodes very often. In fact, almost never. It's almost always when we have a guest, because I can't stand the sound of our voices anymore. <laughs> and uh, I went back and listened to his, and uh, that thing holds up. Yeah, I, later. I had a real fun time doing yeah. that. Um, so I went to the Prometheus panel last year, and I loved the look of the movie, and I got all excited. And then once the sort of like, uh, I guess Bloom was off the rose, or the comic outside of the Comic Con echo chamber. Yeah, you know, I sort of like reassessed things, and I was like, all right, really, Scott is not what he used to be. It yeah. might be foolish to get my hopes up for this. I avoided trailers. I just sort of was. I was being realistic about it. And then for some reason, the last couple of weeks before it came out, I was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give in and I'm going to yeah. get excited about this. And it was a mistake. It was a mistake. You know, and uh, yeah, I was I was really excited for Prometheus. As was, you know, I remember uh, our, our summer movie preview with uh, Fatum. He doesn't get excited for anything. Mm-hmm. He was excited for Prometheus. Neither, uh, I have not spoken to him since the movie came out. Uh, have you? No, I haven't. What must he think of Prometheus? Yeah, I'm, I have we to have him on to talk about it. I know. Did he yell "boring" in the theater, or <laughs> I don't know? But uh, but yeah, it's uh, and so it's one of those things where like something like Paranorman, like even it's it's to the point now where even if it sounds good, I I, I don't think I I guess I'm getting jaded and cynical. I don't think I can let myself get excited about stuff anymore. I say that, but the master, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm excited. That's that. that's worth getting excited yeah. about. Uh, a couple other things, uh, smaller things that I thought were interesting. There's another Wreck-It Ralph thing, but I think it's sort of like your Tangled thing from a couple of years ago. It's called, I wrote it down, Wreck-It Ralph, The Art of Story. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm not really sure what the focus is there, but that could be cool. And another one of the things I was talking about 
uh, behind the scenes thing, there's one motion picture and television illustrators of the art directors guild. That could be cool. Repeat that motion picture and television illustrators of the art directors guild. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. It it sounds nice and nerdy. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, I think I said this the first time uh, I went, or which is to say the only time, um, which was, uh, you know, when, when Jen and I went to that uh, horror panel, it was just it was supposed to be just like a discussion of, well, not supposed to be, but it, it put itself out there as a discussion of like the splatter genre, which is something I was kind of interested in. And then I went and, and I got like the rude awakening of what it actually is, which is promoting, it was promoting Hatchet 2 and, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's all well and good, but part of me is like, they should, you know what they should do at Comic-Con? They should have more of these, ner- you know, have like some nerdy, really artistic, you know, snobby kind of panels where people are just discussing this one thing and you can get, you could get like critic type people, you could get just straight up nerds and you could get the artists themselves, you know, and that, I think that's that about, to me sounds wonderful. That, um, that, that too many of, uh, almost all of the panels that are geared toward uh, marketing, you know, promoting some sort of, but that's the thing. Like you said, this is almost a nonprofit and if they're going to make any money, like it, yeah. it's studios aren't going to sponsor that sort of thing because they stand to make no money back from it. Uh, all right. 435 in hall H. I'm trying to get in for this. Definitely. Uh, the Sony panel, which is, uh, you're a big fan of their stereos. Um, I actually, I have a, um, Sony Bravia TV, a Sony Blu-ray player, and a Sony uh, soundbar and subwoofer. My like home stereo, except for my Direct TV box, or home theater rather, except for my Direct TV box, is all Sony. All right, so you are so they could. This panel could all just be about uh, their new line of uh, equipment, uh-huh. and you'd be thrilled. No, I'm not buying anything new. This, oh, stuff, okay. this stuff's all working fine. Fair enough. I started. I just happened to get a really good deal on a Sony TV, and then I just kind of wanted everything to work together very easily. And I'm telling you, it does. Yeah, all my stuff is mixed and matched. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is really easy. Um, anyway, but no, the Sony Movies panel. Well, it's starting with Total Recall, which uh, I think, I don't know if we've discussed on the podcast, um, has no reason that I can see of to exist. Okay. Because here's why. You know, nine times out of ten when movie geeks like us say, like, why would they remake that? You know, the original is so good. Yeah. The answer to why they would make it is because, well, they want kids to, they want a younger yeah. group a younger audience to see it yeah if i showed a 13 year old boy uh uh paul verhoven's total recall i don't think he would have any complaints or say oh this is so stodgy and and dated that movie is still i think because it's so nuts and so violent and yeah. just so badass i think that it holds up <laughs> well and maybe that's the thing maybe that Although I've I've steered clear of almost everything with the new Total Recall as well, so I have no idea. How I saw a trailer before Prometheus. Okay, I have no idea how it's uh, putting itself out there, but uh, you know what? Like the Paul Verhoeven film, though I enjoy it a great deal, um, and though there are some really interesting sci-fi concepts in there, it's first and foremost an action film, mm-hmm. uh, an incredibly violent one. Yeah, overly bloody. There's not that much blood in the human body. Come on. <laughs> yeah, um, but. Uh, and maybe maybe this one is a little a little more a little like harder sci-fi a little bit more mind bendery I don't know. Director Len Weisman. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, uh, hope springs eternal. <laughs> All right. Go, yeah, good, good for you for being, being hopeful. I am pretty much just down on this. Uh, not a fan. Um, somewhat interested in Elysium, even though I didn't like District 9 as much as um, a like lot the, of people I like did. I mean, 9, I, yeah. I liked it, but I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, you and I had some problems with the violence after a while. And yeah, because it, it 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 just turns into a video game yeah. for quite yes, for a while. Very much so. Um and you know, I mean, video games can be great. That's kind of a uh, uh I said that as it were necessarily a pejorative. I guess it turns into uh a sort of by the numbers video game. Well, it turns from what is an interesting, if nothing else, character study, because that main character yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. And then puts him in a robot suit where you can't you don't see his face and you don't really get his personality become goes away and then it becomes a standard action movie it's like no no no, this wasn't standard because of this character he was interesting he was why i was invested yeah and now you're just you're it's it's like when face off which is not that great of a movie anyway but it's like it's like oh this is kind of an interesting premise oh boat chase like it's just like it was content to do that, you know. Yeah, and and the the, po- the part we're talking about when he's walking around in the suit, and um, and I know those guys are trying to kill him, but I don't believe that the character we know is going to be so easily able to just blow motherfuckers away left and right because yeah. that's what happens in District Nine. There's a huge body count uh, yeah. during that that segment, and uh, it just seems I don't, I, I don't have- like him turning into. It's sort of the same problem I have with steven spielberg's war of the worlds mm-hmm. uh great first two acts uh because it's about uh a regular guy reacting yeah. to this not by becoming a hero but by just by looking out for his kids yeah uh, and i thought that was really fascinating it was like the pianist of uh alien invasion movies <laughs> yeah um yeah that's actually i kind of like that um but then he sort of becomes a hero you yeah. know when he's like throwing grenades or something i can't remember what happens yeah but, uh I, 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 it's the same problem I had with District 9 as War of the Worlds. Um, yeah, and I myself, this is a, a tangent, but when you talk about Comic-Con, it's just a matter of time before you touch on certain movies, District 9 being one of them. Uh, and we'll get to Scott Pilgrim, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I have, I don't know what it is. I have, like, even in movies that it doesn't matter, I have problems with the idea of a person's physical body no longer being there Mm -hmm. like when he kills people in this movie oh i see what you mean he like shoot it's it's with like the alien technology and so he shoots them and then they just explode they they cease to be Uh i mean they're there's guts and stuff everywhere but they're they're basically just become a red smear yeah there's on the nothing to bury nothing yeah like there's, I know that sounds strange, but to a certain extent, it's just like, you know, most of these guys are just doing their job uh-huh. <laughs> and they probably have families <laughs> and they don't know that what they're doing, that they're doing the bidding. I hate to use the, you know, the Nazi defense, but in this case, they're not buying into an, uh, an ideology. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, oh, these aliens are, are bad, but they're not against the aliens. They're against this guy that they think is a traitor. Yeah. And we don't like traitors. And so, uh, so like many of them probably have families and now their families have, it's just like, ah, your, your, uh, husband, uh, I'm sorry. There, he's not, he does not, he's not there anymore in in any way, shape or form, but you can take solace in the fact that his death looked pretty awesome. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, we're supposed to be on the side of these guys dying when it it shouldn't be that 
more and there are simple. there are, and that's the thing. There are characters that are set up as vindictive and menacing and just assholes. <laughs> Maybe asshole, no, mur- that, that, murderous psychopaths is what I should have said. Uh, and just real like, shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like th- their death is something that I- I'm not sure if I would, uh, you know, revel in, but I can at least, if the film's going to revel in it, I can appreciate that a little bit more than just killing off the foot soldiers a little bit. So that's neither here nor there. But I, uh, maybe getting my hopes up about Elysium cast members, Matt Damon and Jodie Foster. I'm a okay. fan of both of them. Uh, and then the other, the third movie, um, talk about getting your hopes up, uh, which I shouldn't be doing. But the third movie in the Sony panel was Looper. Oh, yeah. We'd, okay. We were talking about Ryan Johnson just off mic uh, a yeah. little bit ago. Um, so I, I, are you excited for that movie? It's a, I, I, it's I love a great the premise. premise. And, and here's the thing is that, like, you and I, neither of us are big fans of Brothers Bloom. Right. But we both love, I think you even like Brick more than I do. I love it. Yeah. I, I find it, there's a couple things, nitpicky things that I don't like, but for the, in the grand scheme with characters and stuff, you I think love it, 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 uh, tips into what, like self awareness a little, a little more. I think the, the key is that it's the premise is okay. It's a, it's a forties noir in a modern high school that, and you know what? It can work and they make it work for the most part, but every once in a while, it's just like, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You cannot have the pin with a cloak and a cane like you can't do that if you want to give him something like maybe a scar that is conceivable but you you can't literally have somebody dressed like a villain from a 1940s noir like you can't do that that took me out of it uh but the rest of the time like i was okay with it um but uh and there's and there's just like so many great characters and so, so many great moments and it's just brilliantly directed and though i'm not a huge fan of brothers bloom and i feel like I feel like the the story gets away from him a little bit as a writer. I think he directs it really well, and and you and I were talking about a, a Mountain Goats video that he directed. Yeah, for Woke Up New. And I have a certain appreciation for the uh, Breaking Bad episode that he directed, though I feel like he employs some I have some some tricks that shows that he doesn't totally trust the script, which which kind of bothers me a little, especially with that episode because it's an amazing script. It really is, and he yeah he you're right. It does seem like he he gets in the way of it a little bit. Yeah, but. Looper is an action, uh, sort of a sci-fi action movie that seems very strong on character, really strong on acting. It looks, you know what, I'm excited to see Bruce Willis in something, uh, you know, because what's the last thing he was in? Like, uh, of note. Well, Moonri- Moonrise Kingdom. I, yeah, I suppose so. I guess I'm, Red? Red, Red, the yeah. last action movie he did? I guess so. Well, I, I didn't see The Expendables. He was in that, right? Was he? He's in he's in the Expendables too. I know. Okay, I don't remember if he was in the first one. Sorry, everybody. I, uh, we didn't. We both keep, didn't see it. Right. It's hard to keep track uh, yeah. of who all was in that. But uh, but I'm excited to see him in like because I wasn't a huge fan of Red. Um, I'm excited to see him in something that will be smart Red, and that will require him to do some some interesting stuff. Uh, Red is a movie that uh, you know uh, uh, each scene is better than the next. <laughs> Just the opposite of this. I'd say that's about right. <laughs> like yeah. it just like I really like the way the movie starts out. Like yeah. the when the, uh, the scene when the guys come to get him while he's in his house and the mm-hmm. way that he gets out of his oh, house. Oh, that's great! So cool. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, his uh, I like the New Orleans stuff. I like um, the shipyard stuff is a little silly, but I kind of like that. But his hand to hand fight in the office with Carl Urban it's is pretty like, good. Really well choreographed. Yeah, uh, but then man, just as it goes on it just becomes it just becomes dumber 
It really does. It's just like, how do you have this cast and you give and you have this premise and you manage to make these characters so stock? Yeah, but they don't. Like, they almost don't start out that way because you see them. I think what you see early on is them using their minds as much a, 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 and yeah. their and their like and their experience the, experience yes. them being older is an asset whereas because anybody else would write them off yes yeah. uh, and you see that and then by the end when it's like the big thing at the end it's just like helen mirren standing behind an enormous gun and that's uh, that's yeah that's the extent of her like powers now is she just like shoots this big gun and they really like they set up john malkovich to be like just this absolute just watch out uh-huh. and then they just he's almost comic relief, uh-huh. you know? And I don't know. And Malkovich t- can overplay things, I think at times. And, uh, it just seemed like, Oh, that's, what do you think of his Siri commercial? Uh, is, I haven't seen it. Oh yeah. Seen it. No. Okay. I saw that, uh, that one with the adorable, I'm sorry, adorable. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. But, um, all right. Yeah. Also on for, Oh, do so, we... Lu- Oh, looper. So oh, right. I am, I am optimistic about that one as well. And maybe um, I shouldn't be. Also on Friday is the uh, a panel called the Blade Runner 30th Anniversary Celebration. Which oh, that sounds neat. Sounds cool. Um, it seems like, uh, uh, I guess, moderated by a guy who wrote a book called Future Noir, The Making of Blade Runner, and has the art director and producer and, I, and apparently some other guests. I think that means we hadn't booked anybody else yet, but we're hoping to. Yeah. Um, what was the thing you wanted to talk about on Friday? Okay. So... And this is actually one of the more publicized things uh, in Comic-Con this year. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Um, so, uh, okay. So there's this thing called the Walking Dead Escape. And what it is, and I had heard about it in the abstract, and people can pay to be basically in a zombie type atmosphere they can you can pay to be either a zombie or somebody running from zombies and i think if you're a zombie you can get like made up as one and all that and if and and when i heard about that i'm like that sounds pretty great like that sounds pretty amazing um I had some pro- I had some problems with this is the first year they've done it. I have some logistical problems with it. Uh that I'm curious to see how it works <laughs> out because it's just like someone's going to get punched, right? Yeah. Somebody like he's going to get out of hand. You can't tell me that these pardon me, that these zombie nerds are going to like their adrenaline is going to like this is the thing that they've mentally prepared for their whole life <laughs> and now here they are a bunch of uh, you know other nerds as zombies are reaching out for them someone is going to get punched i hope at getting least. punched is the least yeah, yeah. I, I hope that's the most of it i hope someone doesn't get brained <laughs> right, with, a, yeah. with a, a fire extinguisher or something from what i hear um from what i hear like security is going to be pretty heavy because i think they're anticipating this kind of thing so when i heard about it i was just like that sounds great now, maybe I could maybe I could take part in it, and then I thought, no, I'd rather not live my own nightmares because uh, mm-hmm. I do have a surprising number of zombie nightmares, and they always uh, they always uh, wake me up. Like there are some where it's just like this is uncomfortable, but I'll still sleep through the night. Zombie ones, I wake up, um, uh-huh. and uh, so it's just like I don't I don't want to sit and get made up. 
And I also don't want to have to, also I'm not big, I'm not a big runner. And so, uh, <laughs> so I don't want to have to do that and then have all these zombies, uh, reach out for me. So I was like, if only there was a way that I could watch this thing unfold. Sure enough, 15 bucks, you can be a spectator. Well, I'm on board. Here we go. And you can, you can, now, is eat, your, uh, you can eat food and all that while you're watching it. Is your more than one lesson co-host going with you? He might, he might not. I'm not sure. Getting down to the wire on that decision. I know. We're, uh, we're, we would be, like, the hotel room's already booked. It's a, it's a king bed, unfortunately, so we'd have to sleep Where are you staying? I'm staying in, like, a Chula Vista or something like that. So I'll, I'll be, I'll have to drive and park and all that, but, uh, but it's a pretty reasonable rate for the hotel. Uh, and so he might come, he might not, but if he does, he'll be coming with me and we can just sit and watch all the, the zombie carnage. And I don't even know what that's going to look like because it's taking place at Petco Park. Yeah. Which is another fascinating thing. Where like the Padres play. Yeah. And so am I going to like sit in the stands and it all happens at the baseball field? As far as the schematic, it looks like that's not what's going to happen. People mm-hmm. are going to be running around in the dark hallways <laughs> and then like, well, how do I get to st- How am I not going to be confused <laughs> for a victim? Uh, so many questions uh, it's gonna and be, I'm going to find out the I, answers. I can't wait to hear. I know. I'm super does. excited. All right. Saturday. Have you heard of this movie After Earth? With uh, Will Smith and Jaden Smith? No. Um, the premise. Isn't that, oh, I'm thinking of Another Earth. I'm sorry. After uh, Earth. No. Uh, what is that? Um, I guess the premise is that it takes place about a thousand years in the future. Mankind has abandoned Earth for another planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I guess Will Smith and his son, Jaden Smith, playing father and son, yep. uh, somehow get stranded and their ship crashes or something, but they end up on Earth. Okay. It's like no one's been on in a thousand years. I don't know what and then Will Smith there. has to like become a stockbroker or something like that because they're sleeping in bus stations and such. <laughs> it's um, a sequel to Pursuit of Happiness, right? Yeah, uh, or maybe a prequel. Uh, yeah, hopefully there's monsters in it. That's all I can say. Yeah, um, but you know, uh, Will Smith is charismatic. I'll watch him in almost anything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but that's, I, even, I even liked Hitch. Um, that's, uh, not uh, Hitch and uh, Hancock. I'm sorry. I didn't see either one of those. Uh, that's Saturday, and it's in one of the smaller rooms, I think, because no stars are there. It's, yeah. Uh, like the screenwriter. Um, also, another one of those things, film and TV production designers of the Art Directors Guild. That could be actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like it's up my alley, and I will probably end up skipping it so I can see the big movie panels that you, the listeners, and the readers of the website want to have coverage of. Although you could find it literally anywhere else on the internet <laughs> yeah that's true yeah but they want to hear what you have to say yes, about it it's going to be all about it. yeah i'm going to i'm going to do those uh for those podcast listeners um like you are because you're listening to me um if, if you were listening last year i i did sort of mini episodes of yeah. like hard to decipher um interviews with people in loud bars and stuff about the uh other other film bloggers and, and stuff about the stuff they'd seen that day um I'm going to try and do that again. Um, I guess the first real big thing uh, in Hall H on Saturday, maybe the first thing in Hall H, is Django Unchained. Yep. Are you excited for Django Unchained? I was, I've avoided the trailer. As have I. I uh, don't know much about it. I'm excited for it. I'm. We'll see how. We'll see how it goes. I don't have... I don't know. I don't have a lot of... It's not that I don't have faith in that cast. But, like... Like, DiCaprio is in it, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
he's a uh, he's a very good actor, but he I I feel like there are times, and I recognize he's a much beloved, but like he's so intense almost mm-hmm. all the time that first off. There's a slight tangent. Uh, I, I never thought he was right to play Gatsby. He's got the en- enigmatic thing, but he doesn't have the Rowing Twenties uh, quality to him. I always thought uh, Jude Law would be a better, uh, that's a good, a better good casting point. choice. Um, but also, like, you know, there's kind of a spaghetti western type thing, and there was always, almost always, a sense of fun to that. Even even uh, in like Once Upon a Time uh, in the West with like Charles Bronson, he seemed to have. Uh, even though he never really smiled, there seemed to be a wry quality to his performance. Um, and so somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio, I just wonder if maybe he's the, the right guy for that kind of thing. I think Jamie Foxx, Christoph, uh, Christoph Waltz, I think they'll do fine. Well, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I have also voted the trailer, but there's been an animated gif of a shot from the trailer okay. going around that makes me think that DiCaprio gets it. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I don't know if you want me to describe Go right ahead. It's just him, like, sitting in... I guess he's sitting, like, on a duvet or something in front of a fireplace. Mm -hmm. And the camera's behind him. uh, And he sort of turns to the camera as the camera zooms in on him. And he exhales his, like, the smoke from his cigarette. And it all seems very arch, but in a way that is uh, kind of delightful. I do forget... You know, that's the thing is... I think of him as, like, you know, the the intense guy from... Uh, the Departed and, and that sort of, and uh, Gangs of New York and Shutter Island. I, I forget that he can be like in. He's great in Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I yeah. really and and that's kind of a a, a lighter performance from yeah. him. And so I, I forget that he's able to do that. But uh, I, I'm excited for it. What, who all is it going to be at the uh, panel? Uh, it just says Quentin Tarantino here. Well, I guess you'll have to make do with that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also Saturday, Open Road Films, something called Silent Hill Revelations 3D. I don't know what that's about. I uh, don't care. Uh, but also, are you interested in this movie, End of Watch? End of Watch, that sounds... Because this is one that I didn't know about until I saw the trailer. It was before Dark Shadows. Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yes, and... Um, uh, hold on. Michael Pena. Make, yes. my love. And it's... Uh, it's not like a... a it's mockumentary-esque? Yeah, it just seems like it's sort of handheld looking. Okay. All right. Uh, to me, but the trailer is not very good on its own. Right. But I was talking, I saw um, Dark Shadows with um, the friend of the show, Patrick Starr, uh, who will be uh, at Comic Con, who will mm-hmm. be my ride down there as usual. Um, and we were talking about the trailer after we saw Dark Shadows because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about with Dark Shadows. Absolutely um, not. And, and uh, the, the my theory was that the reason the trailer looks so like choppy and weird is that I think that they're trying to make what might be a more like low key gritty movie look like more of an, like a fun action romp than yeah. it actually is. Well, so, it doesn't, it didn't look like, cause I saw the trailer, I think during dark shadows as well. And it looked interesting. It mm-hmm. certainly didn't look light. It didn't look like a romp. It looked pretty intense. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. But you've it. got the, like Michael Pena cracking wise in, in the trailer, I guess. Uh, I guess so. But, but it didn't, it certainly didn't seem like lethal weapon or anything right, yeah. to me. It's this one guy who can crack. That's guy. Uh, you know what I said about how, um, each scene in red is better than the next. Mm-hmm. Each Michael Pena performance to me is better than the last. Like he, I'm trying to think. He so observe and report. Better. I enjoy him in observe and observe report. report. But, um, I liked well, him in Crash. Um, the two most recent ones that I'm thinking of are 
Uh, he was on the second season of Eastbound and Down. Okay. Um, where he was awesome. Uh, he had one of the best lines of the the season when he squares off against Kenny Powers by pulling out a knife. He's a rich kid. Okay. And he pulls out, not a knife, like a samurai sword. And Kenny goes to protect himself by grabbing Michael Pena's laptop off the table and holding it up as a shield. And Michael Pena goes, my spreadsheets! <laughs> 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 um, uh, but then... Uh, <laughs> Michael Pena's performance in 30 minutes or less, even though that movie wasn't good, is mm. amazing. It's, I think it's... Did you see the movie? No, I didn't. It's... His performance is what that movie should have been. Like, okay. actually sort of dangerous and dark, but hilarious Still, yeah. at the same time. Because there's... He has a scene where he's... He's been shot in the neck. It's, like, grazed his neck. And he's standing in the mirror trying to, like... Um, psych himself up to pour alcohol on the wound yeah you know and there's blood everywhere and it's hilarious the things he's saying but it's also really uncomfortable because it looks so painful and that was the kind of dark violent comedy i wanted 30 minutes or less to be well he's pretty his performance is pretty uh pretty rough and by rough i don't mean the performance is rough but he's doing he's making the character not totally comfortable in uh, observe and report Mm -hmm. uh he's he's an actor that like he got on the map with Crash in a character that I liked, but is well, uh, undeniably uh, dramatic. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like I knew him before. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was Crash. I'm sure I'd probably seen him before, but that's the one where it's just like, oh, like, you know, him holding the daughter and like screaming, right. like that's yeah, the right, poster right. image and all that kind of thing. So, um, so people are like, oh, who is this? And he's very good in Crash. But it's interesting that that would then lead to a string of comedic performances and he and he is like a go-to comedic actor now. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of exciting. I'm yeah, very happy for I that. I agree. Uh, we got so caught up in talking that I kind of forgot to look up what the next thing was that I was going to talk about. What Sorry. are you are you doing anything on Saturday that you want to talk about? Uh no, I don't think so. Um I'll mm, wait and see what happens. You're killing me here. Yeah, sorry about that. Saturday maybe cuz I think if if Josh uh goes, he will uh have to leave on Saturday. And uh, Saturday, I may actually take advantage of that as a day off, and yeah. I may actually go see Spider-Man. I may go see uh, some movies, uh, maybe maybe more than one. Hmm. So, ooh, uh, there's this is not movie related really, but spotlight on Ben Edlund. Oh, and I, I know you're a fan of Ben. Ed- I ben sure Edlund. am. For those that don't know, Ben Ben Edlund is responsible for The Tick, right? Which is uh, as a comic book, it was great. It, basically, in every in every incarnation, it's been pretty wonderful. Like, uh, I love the animated series, of course, and the live action series, and the fact that each one is similar, but each one is very distinct in its own right. The live action series is not exactly like the animated series; they're both different things, but they have a similar tone. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a testament to his commitment to making his creation work. Uh, in whatever medium he's using. Yeah, he also uh, is somewhat responsible for some of the more delightful episodes of Angel Season 5. Hmm. I have nothing to say about that. Sorry. I, 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 I really think you would like Angel. I know, but I it's would like, want to watch Buffy first. And, and I then, think you would like Buffy, too. Yeah. Not as much. I think Angel would speak more to your that's, pet theme. Oh, I have no doubt of that. But, like, there's just, like, that's two, thing, two long-running yeah. s- series that I would need to commit to, and I just can't right now. That's such an easy commitment to, for me to Buffy. Like, I, I found myself, I'm apparently rewatching Buffy now. Natalie and I are. Yeah. Because you just sort of slipped into it, like, hey, let's watch Welcome to the Hellmouth, and then... Now we're like almost done with season one. And yeah, Jen and I were have, are recently we've uh, been casually like, hey, let's watch uh, some West Wing. We're like almost through season six now. It's like, <laughs> hey, wait a second, how did that happen? 
Uh, this would mark like the third or fourth time we've gone through West Wing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pl- I, I need to. Um, I guess there's still some big series that I haven't watched. Homicide is. Uh, I saw the a, first season of that. Big one for it's me. It's pretty great. The first season's really short, though, right? Yeah, it was only. Yeah, it wasn't it's like uh, six episodes or something. Is it, is it more than that? I think it's more than that, but it certainly is not a full season. Um, but I, I've lately been in the mood to just rewatch. Um, like I'm doing with Buffy and I'll probably end up rewatching Angel as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to rewatch Deadwood. I want to rewatch. It's been forever since I've watched Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, Freaks and Geeks, my so-called life, just all my favorite shows. Yeah. Uh, I want to want to rewatch Lost Sopranos. I, I rewatched Sopranos not that long ago, but it's frustrating. What with so many great shows out there that I haven't seen all, like I still have only seen the first season and the first couple episodes of Friday Night Lights. Mm. And I, I, I know that if I watched it in its entirety, it will be one of my favorite shows. I know yeah. that. And yeah. I, I recognize that I shouldn't judge something before, but based on what, based on what I've seen already and what everybody has said, I know I'm probably going to really like it, but it's just one of those things. It's just like, or I could rewatch something I absolutely love. And chances are, we'll see something new as a, as yeah. I have when I've rewatched Deadwood or the wire or something like that. But, uh, all right. Um, Warner brothers on, on Saturday, uh, Pacific rim. Are you excited for Pacific rim? The Guillermo del Toro, uh, monster movie. You know, I don't think I don't think I know anything about it, but oh. already I'm interested. Well, yeah, I, I've I've tried to avoid knowing too much about it, but it seems like it's kind of, you know, Godzilla-ish. Oh, okay. Only there's multiple monsters. Oh, watch out! And Idris Elba, I think, is in it, <laughs> as well as Rinko Kikuchi. Oh, all right, Oscar um, nominee, Man of Steel. Are you going to go to that? I don't know if I'll if I'll get in. Um, it's a it's a pretty big panel. Um, I assume Zack Snyder is going to be there. It doesn't say anyone for Man of Steel, really. But I well, yeah. it's going to be you know someone big. I'm sure. Uh, I am decidedly not excited about Man of Steel okay. because I don't like the films of Zack Snyder. Yeah. Except when except I say that, but then I would rewatch uh, Sucker Punch or Legend of the Guardians tonight because they're so fucking crazy well i guess that's something i don't know so maybe yeah but i i don't like either of those movies but wouldn't you be fascinated legend of the guardians was one of my and, and yeah and sucker but the last two years like they're at the bottom like bottom five of the year for me both those movies and yet i would watch them again but because they're you, nuts when you consider and don't get me wrong it's not like i'm super thrilled for man of steel but uh, the thing that interests me more than anything aren't you mildly interested at least in the fact that Zack Snyder pretty much specializes in ultraviolence and hypersexuality. And he's going to make something that is truth, justice in the American way. It's wholesome to a certain extent. Like, yeah. how is he going to do that? Oh. I mean, is it like, he'll still probably have some of his trademark, you know, slow-mo kind of stuff, but ultimately like, I, I'm just, I'm interested to see what he what sensibility he will bring to that. Like what is Lois Lane going, what is Lois Lane going to be like? Is she going to be in like skimpy clothing all the time? Like, I don't know. It's will there, I, I feel like he could probably imprint a certain degree of hypersexuality onto, um, onto the, the proceedings along with some, you know, when you've got like a man of steel, like punching somebody through a wall or something like that. Uh, I, I that intrigues me, but 
intrigues you? It, it, you know, it more worries me. Not that I feel any great sort of fealty to the Superman fan, like le- you know legacy. It's not something that I grew up reading, but I do. Don't get me wrong. Some things can intrigue me in the sense that, well, this could be an absolute disaster. Disasters can intrigue me, um, and so I don't know. It could. It, he could wind up. Could. He will likely wind up ruining Superman, and I am no big fan of Superman. I don't particularly care about Superman the character because I find him to be not very dynamic. Um, I still love the first Superman movie. Though. It's it's great, and 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 Christopher Reeve brought a lot of humor. Well, the whole the whole uh, that was uh, Richard Donner, right? Yeah, yeah. Richard Donner, who I think is has a sense of humor in general as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Gene Hagman and Ned Beatty and Christopher Reeve and uh, Margot Kidder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think all of them bring a, a certain fun and one could say comic sensibility Have to you, it. I feel like this has come up before. Have you listened to Richard Donner's commentary on The Omen? Yeah. It's it's a light. It's him and Stuart Baird, the editor, who yeah. go on to direct Executive Decision. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's a delightful commentary. Yeah, he seems like he seems like a pretty cool guy, but uh but yeah, so that that one's good, but then just and my other concern is that uh much like Brian Singer with Superman Returns, I could see Zack Snyder taking it all way too seriously and that will maybe ruin it. Like the the fun ones are the ones that but At least when have Brian a, Singer takes something seriously, there's actually some heft to the thing he's taking seriously. It's true. <laughs> Zack Snyder just gets dour about things that don't <laughs> yeah. have any meaning. Yeah, I guess I always get frustrated by the fact that, like, how is it that you get Kevin Spacey, who can be a grade-A ham, <laughs> and I say that in, the be- in, in a complimentary way, he can be that, you give him the role of Lex Luthor, and you manage to make that character boring. How do you do that? How is that possible? I don't know. It always That's bothered me. All right, well, let's end. Um, yeah, we got to wrap up. I feel bad that, like... You're actually going to Comic-Con, but I've done most of the talking. That's awesome. I, I think that's great. I guess when we do the recap, I'll be uh, notably <laughs> quiet. Yeah. Um, uh, the final thing, a movie thing I want to mention. Uh, see, are you, are you expected? Are you expected? Are you I guess ex- you'll have to answer that. <laughs> are you excited about The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey? That's where Expected came from. Um, no. Are you? No. I, I, Why? I feel bad, but it's, um, I guess when Peter Jackson did the Lord of the Rings, it felt like it had the feeling of being something that he, it, almost like a culmination for him of like something that he'd been wanting to do for so long and he got to do it and he did it the he did it the best that he could and those movies are awesome i still mm-hmm. i still love Absolutely. those movies uh i like them more every time i watch them which is about once a year yeah um do you remember our uh the last day that you and cole and i cole the guy, composer of the battleship retention theme song chilling uh, um what's that chilling it's a chilling theme no, that's how we used to theme. refer yeah. to it um the last day that we lived together we watched all three extended cuts yeah in a row noon to noon uh, noon to midnight and uh i remember that as, ended, as one of the best up, days it, uh, because we stopped like to order food use i think it ended yeah. up taking us closer to like 2 a.m yeah to about that all. and cole got really tired uh, <laughs> of uh, those multiple endings um yeah no i remember that and i, I absolutely love it we gotta do that again so i think i see where you're headed here 
he had so much passion for those. And I think I, I agree with – if you're about to say what I right. think you're about to say, I agree with you, which is everything about The Hobbit, Hobbit seems like a formality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well put. Yes. Where it's just like, well – I guess we got to do this. And it's and even like putting characters from Lord of the Rings that aren't in the Hobbit book, uh, you know. And, and I don't even, I don't, I haven't read any of them, so well, I don't like know. just like having the, I guess it's supposed to be like a framing mechanism with Frodo. Who oh, okay. Is not, I mean, my understanding, I haven't read any of these books. My understanding is the Hobbit takes place before Frodo was even born. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so is this, about like, Bilbo's is this like Bilbo, a young man. is he like telling frodo this story is that the deal something like that okay yes yeah see something like that and which to a certain extent when the only cast member that you really have that is actively involved is going to be ian mckellen like you don't even have like a like a ian home or something like that i guess you you want something to link it to the uh although I, you know what i guess you got andy circus as, as Gollum. yeah but um i guess you feel the need to have that but the thing that's interesting is but Ian, I mean, no, Ian Holm is going to be in it, but he's not playing. Right, it, Martin, Martin Freeman, Freeman plays. Who is you know Martin Freeman's great. I'm excited. That that excites me. That casting choice. Excites Have you watched me. Sherlock? I forget. Yeah, yeah. I watched the first season, and I, I thought he was great. Um, the uh, there's also I think a, the, a movie. I, I think it's called Wild Target or something like that mm-hmm. with uh, Bill Nye and. Um, Oh, and uh, Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint is in it. Which is uh, not that good of a movie, but Martin Freeman is in it. He I plays know, the villain, and he's very good. I didn't know Martin Freeman was in that. Um, they don't really uh, put put him out there, like, on the cover or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's in, uh, so I was uh, I was listening to a sermon by a pastor that I really like. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> you, you, nothing about this being a sermon has anything to do with anything, but I, I like the way he phrased this. He was talking about uh, a friend of his um, wanting to read Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. and he started with The Hobbit and couldn't get and couldn't really get through it because he's like, well, the, I just didn't really care that much. It didn't seem that – the stakes weren't very high. And this pastor said like, oh, well, that's – that's the thing. That's the problem. Is the Hobbit is the Hobbit is an adventure. Lord of the Rings is a quest. An adventure is there and back again. They even use the phrase. Mm-hmm. Whereas a quest, there are stakes. There's you go on this journey and you can never really go back again. Even if you go, even if you physically go back emotionally, you can never go back to where you started. Whereas, and so partially knowing what's going to happen to Bilbo and mm-hmm. and Gandalf knowing that takes away some of the stakes mm-hmm. and also this just being a kind of a delightful romp also lowers the stakes as well but it's and, still two movies yeah they're still going to make it to that's the thing they're still going to give it this epic treatment even though it seems like a, a small and delightful story yeah I mean the, the Lord of the Rings is three books and three movies yeah I don't know I shouldn't complain because I defended the splitting of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows into two movies but that's a big that's the big epic climax Whereas okay, this yeah. is a sm- is again, I haven't read the book. People love it. That's fine, but it's worth noting that Peter Jackson didn't start with the Hobbit. Why not? Yeah, because he probably didn't have a whole lot of faith in that as the beginning. He felt it wouldn't bring people in. And when I see that trailer, when I see how much they rely on our previous knowledge of Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. I get suspicious. Yeah, it feels like the film can't stand on its own two feet and that is why i am not that excited about it i think that's a perfectly battleship retention pl- uh, place to leave this episode off okay. um uh, I, I think that's exactly where we want to stop so um 
uh, follow. Uh, l- listen, if you want Comic Con updates, follow me on Twitter at the Pretension. Uh, but also stay tuned to the feed. And I, I know I said last year that I would update the blog with posts from Comic Con, but that's it's difficult to do. Actually, it's difficult to find the time to do that. Um, so I'll I'll see if I can write something. But but, but I will be uploading episodes. Um, throughout the con and um tweeting uh like like mad so follow me at um the pretension and uh other than that um as always our website is battleshippretension.com where we've got all these um great reviews um that you know should get us our own comic con panel any any year now i Um, know i mean they're they're really good like (laughs) they have their moments uh, our, our reviews are so awesome we have such an awesome product i don't know why it's just so great um so that's a battleship pretension.com uh i'm i told you uh at the pretension uh david at battleship pretension.com is my email tyler at battleship pretension.com is his email uh his uh twitter is more lessons which is the official twitter of his other podcast more than one lesson which you can find at more than one lesson.com or on itunes uh the latest episode uh, Josh and I talk about No Country for Old Men, and we pair it with uh, David Fincher's Seven. Hmm. And uh, I'm very uh, happy with that episode. Um, we talk about some pretty dark stuff. As I'm one excited to listen to that. That's, so, that's a good companion. Yeah, I can, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm very proud of it. So if you want to go and listen just, to that, I'd I'd be flattered. Um, uh, just rewatched uh, No Country for Old Men like last weekend. Um, and I was reminded of one of my favorite lines in the history of the Coen brothers that I had forgotten okay. or my favorite exchanges, which is, uh, I think it's it, the first line is, uh, this is a mess, isn't it? He says, if it ain't, it'll do to the mess gets here. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great line. And so beautifully delivered by, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. I really do feel like if the Val, if in the Valley of Ela had come out the year after or the year before, they still would have found a way to nominate him for no country for old men because he's so great. Hmm that uh that i feel like they wanted to award him with something it's just like oh well now we don't have to uh deprive like a javier bardem or mm-hmm. we don't have to nominate somebody against somebody else in the movie and we can nominate him for this other thing which he of course did not win right um and then my other podcast is my other show getting away from that word is uh previously on which is at previously on show.com that's a weekly sort of television wrap-up which if you haven't listened to uh we we've tried to streamline it and also make it except for the last segment listenable to people who don't watch everything <laughs> that was a lot of our problems early on was that um it was so spoiler heavy that you kind of had to be as hardcore tv geeks as sean and i are mm-hmm. to even listen to it and that kept our listenership understandably low uh, but now it's really only the last segment when we get into what we think is the big show of the week, uh, the most zeitgeisty, the one most people are, more people are likely to have watched that we get into spoilers. So mm-hmm. you can you can listen to it and listen to the first two segments uh, just fine. Um, and if you haven't seen that you know episode of Louis or Breaking Bad or whatever, you can just not listen to the third episode or third mm-hmm. segment rather. Uh, so that's a previously on show.com. I recommend you checking it out. Uh, Dial M for Meetup is at... Dublin Square on Thursday, July 12th, uh, 8 to 10 p.m., free drinks. Comic free Con. buttons for the first 50. Free, yeah. free buttons. And there, yeah, 50 is about all we can hope for. Um, 
I mean, that's kind of the we'll turn any we'll turn away anybody. Number fifty one. Fifty is the highest number that I told Dublin Square would be there. So okay. that's kind of what they're expecting. But they won't mind if more people show up and yeah. uh, put drinks on our tab. So uh, everyone show up to Dublin Square. Everyone come to Comic Con. Uh, everyone who's coming to Comic Con should come to Dublin Square. And everyone. Keep listening to the show. <laughs> and, and actually, a uh, real quick uh, note. So there has been a lot of episodes put up in rapid su- succession. And I know that oh, right, uh, right. when that happens with podcasts that I subscribe to, uh, I tend to not notice that something has come up. So I want to specify. Uh, so, of course, there's this episode. We've released... We released two episodes this past week to make up for the week that we missed. So we did one uh, called Comedy versus uh, Comedy Incoherence, mm-hmm. and then one uh, called Movie Presidents. One about movie presidents, yeah. and then uh, I posted an interview with Kevin Porter, who uh, uh, put together that Sorkinisms uh, supercut. And so those have all been released in the last like week and a half. So yeah. uh, if if those if one of those doesn't sound familiar to you, go back into your feed and you'll see it. So uh, I. I want people to hear those episodes. Yeah, definitely. Um, Thanks for listening. And we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.